This is Acts 15, verse 28. Everyone happy? Y'all good? Everyone good? Okay, this is Acts 15, 28. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. We've been in a series entitled, Let the Church Be the Church. And it's, um, we've been taking key passages from the book of Acts. It's really been a great, it's been really fun. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit this idea two weeks in a row. And I'm going to be talking about how to discover God's will for your life from the subject, let the church hear, let the church hear. Can you look at uh, at least one person around you? Tell them, are you listening? Are you listening? Are you listening? Are you listening? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, speak now. Settle our hearts to hear the word of God, receive the word of God, and obey the word of God. I come against every... um, uh, distraction and every voice of the enemy that would try to hinder your voice. Speak, Holy Spirit. We are listening, we're leaning in, and we're believing for a word from you today that can change everything about our life. We thank you for your word. We honor your word, and we believe that there is a word in the house today for us. In Jesus' name, and if you believe it, say amen, everybody. Amen and amen. Thank you, brother. Our God is a speaking God. Our God is a speaking God. We get a hint from Genesis chapter 1. We get a blues clue from Genesis chapter 1. Anybody remember blues clue, y'all? Y'all with me? What was that guy's name? Doug? Steve, 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 Steve. I got you. I got you. I don't know where I got Doug. Uh, Doug is another... Doug's world? We don't care about Doug. Blues clue. Blues clue. God gives us this little blues clue, this little hint in Genesis chapter 1 of who he is and how he does what he does. The phrase God said is found 17 times just in Genesis 1. God's making a point. This is how he creates. This is how, this is how he makes things. This is how he designs things. This is how he communicates. He, he doesn't communicate through books. He doesn't communicate through text messages. God communicates through his voice. He, he's a speaking God. This is, this is what God is trying to get into our spirit, that everything you need from God is going to come packaged in a word from God. Genesis chapter three, verse eight, the man and his wife heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool or the breeze of the day, Genesis 3, eight. This, if you just wanna know the context, Adam and Eve had just sinned, just made a huge mistake. They're now hiding from God. And now God is entering into Eden for his daily appointment with his people. This contextually shows us that Adam and Eve had a daily walk with God. I just want you to know that's really what God wants from you. He wants a walk. Isaiah tells us that we can soar on the wings of eagles, that we can run and not grow really uh, weary. But really what God wants is he wants us to walk and not be faint. What God really wants from his people is a walk with him. When my wife and I first got married, I don't know why I did this, but I just would walk fast. I don't know why and we would go to the mall and I'd just be walking. <laughs> like, I got to get to Nordstrom. I don't know why. I just got to. 
And all of a sudden, I'd look back, and there she is 20 feet behind me, just like, you're an idiot. And, <laughs> and I had to learn how to slow my roll because it's the walk that matters. And I've had to learn how to even slow down more now because I got this little two-year-old that holds my finger, and I got to walk with scoliosis. Come on, somebody. <laughs> but it's worth it because... Because what God really wants is not just us running or flying, but he wants to walk with his people where he hears our voice and where we hear his voice. This is the main thing God wants, relationship, conversation, family. I preach a lot about sowing and reaping in our church. Whatever you sow, you'll reap. God wanted a family so bad that he sowed a son to reap a family. God wants a family. God wants to talk to you. He talked to Adam. He spoke to Noah, Abraham, Joseph, Moses, Samuel, David, Elijah, Elisha. Can I continue? Isaiah, Ezekiel, Micah, Malachi, Anna, Mary, Paul, Peter, John, and on and on and on. Our God is a speaking God. The Bible is a book of conversations between God and his people. The Bible does not and was never meant to answer every one of life's questions. The Bible's not going to tell you where to live or who to marry. The Bible's not going to tell you where to go to college. The Bible's not going to tell you where to watch a football game. The, the Bible's not meant to answer every one of life's questions. It is a timeless text that shows us who God is, what God does, and how God does what he does. And let me tell you what God does. God speaks. And when God speaks, things change. And friend, I've just come to tell somebody at the 1045 service, God wants to talk to you. God wants to speak to you because everything you need from God is wrapped up in a word from God. A survey was taken by both Christians and non-Christians. And here was the question. If you could ask God anything, what would you ask him? And the vast majority of people answered, why am I here? What is your will for my life. This would be the number, if, if we sent a poll out to City Light and said, what would you like Jabin to preach about? The number one question, the number one sermon topic by probably, it'd be in the 80 or 90 percentile would be, how do I know God's will for my life? Well, I just want to tell somebody, this does not have to be a mystery. You don't have to walk through life in a fog, hoping to get somewhere in God. God's will for your life is way less mysterious than you think and way more obvious than you think. And before I really start getting into this, because I'm going to talk about it next week too, some of you think when I start talking about the will of God, you go, oh, this is a youth group message. This is for my 15-year-old. Oh, no, 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 no. This is for 50-year-olds. <laughs> That's why people have midlife crisis, because they forget that God has a plan for them even in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s. God wants to talk to you right here, right now. The will of God is not something that a 16-year-old finds out about and then never hears about it again. Come on, God has a plan for you right now, your marriage right now, your children right now. Whether you got a two-year-old at home or you're an empty nester, the Spirit of God wants to talk to you about your life, wants to help you, wants to lead you, wants to guide you 
God has a will and a plan for your life. Can I get one amen real quick? I'll keep moving. So let me give you three truths to remember about God's will. Now, today's going to be a little more ethereal, a little more just kind of out there. And next week, I'm going to get real specific. But number one, remember God is good and has a good plan for your life. Oh, this is just good to remember. Psalm 119, verse 68, you are good and you do only good. That's who God is. So God is good and only does good stuff, period. His character always matches his actions, always. Some of you have been in abusive relationships where that person tells you, I love you, and then they hit you. Oh, but baby, I love you. He don't love you, girl. Can I tell you something? God is good, and he only does good. Let me tell you why this is so important. Because I'm begging somebody today, never separate God from your purpose. Like, don't do the God thing for an hour on Sunday and then do, go do your thing six days a week. You got to trust that God is good and has good things in store for you. And here's what that means. Even if God's plan is different than your plan, it's still better than your plan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you, Drake. God's plan. And God's plan... Doesn't always line up with your plan, but I promise you, it's better than your plan. So don't be scared of God's plan just because it doesn't match up with your plan. It's better than your plan because our God is good and He only does good. We have good days and bad days. God only has good days. So I, I was super scared to pray stuff like this as a teenager. Luke twenty two forty two. Not my will. Chores be done. So I was real scared because I grew up in Pentecost where like, you know, you didn't know what God's will was going to be like. It might be like God tells you to marry somebody ugly. Come on, somebody like I'm not attracted to them. They ugly. They're mean. I don't like how they smell. They don't smell bad. They just don't smell like I want them to smell. But not my will, Lord. Your will be done. I Come on, God's will was like being a missionary in North Korea and you got to smuggle Bibles and die. <laughs> Not my will. Relax. Relax. It's not that scary. And, th- and then on top of that, you have weird saints, right? That blame everything on God's will. Right? I don't really have any friends right now, but it's because everybody's fake and God has me protected. No. You're petty, you're salty, and you need some sugar, okay? You're salt, like, don't blame that on God that you don't have friends. My car broke down, I know the Lord's telling me, he's telling you change your oil. Don't blame that on, I had a friend one time who got, he was driving through a green intersection and got T-bone as a person ran a red light. And he goes, you know, I don't know what God's doing, but I know the Lord works. I said, no, 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 the Lord don't work in this situation. A dum-dum was texting and driving and ran a red light and hit you. That's the end of the story. 
and you're going to get you a new car. That's the end of the story. Don't, don't try to, you know, we, we love to blame stuff on God or the devil as long as we don't have to take personal responsibility. <laughs> tell, I'm going to tell it. Who told me to tell it? I'm going to tell it right now. Listen, don't be afraid of God's will. God knows you. God knows your gifts, your strengths. God knows your personality. God knows your desires. He works with you in accomplishing his will for you. Y'all just missed it. He works with you. He works with your desires. He works with your likes and dislikes. He works with your personality. He works with you. You just got to know that. This doesn't mean it won't stretch you. Oh, it'll stretch you. But it does mean there will always be obvious grace connected to God's plan for your life. I was looking at a Facebook. Y'all get your Facebook memories, right? And I got one this morning. Uh, last year, Kyle Turner was here preaching for us one year ago at the school. And I told Shannon, we drove to church today. I said, babe, that feels like an eternity ago. And she goes, boy, we've aged in a year. I said, oh, man. Bless the Lord. Listen, it stretched us. Oh, but boy, there's been an obvious grace. But it'll stretch you. Like, you, you cannot accomplish your destiny on a lazy boy. It's going to stretch you, but there's going to be grace for it. There's going to be Holy Ghost muscle in your spirit to do what God's called you to do, and you're going to need it. So God is good and has good things planned for us. So if it isn't good now, God's not done. I wish somebody would praise God right there. God's not done. Can you help me preach real quick? Look at three people. Three people tell them God's not done with me. God's not done with me. God is not done with me. Because if it's not good yet... God's not done. I, I might be in a painful chapter, but the book has not been written in its entirety. God's not done with my life because if it's not good, God's not done. So God is good. Has a good plan for my life. Number two. Now that was, I'm just going to tell you right now, that's probably your happy clappy point, okay? I'm just warning you. That was the Novocaine. It's time to do surgery. Number two, remember, God's will is more about you than your destination. Okay. Who God is making you, who God is making you is way more important than what God has for you. Oof, not one, amen. I got one. <sighs> that was all I got. I got a second row. <sighs> Because we, I like you. I don't think we've ever met, but I like that. <sighs> that sounded like someone just got punched. <sighs> is there a destination? Absolutely. But God making you look like Jesus is his number one goal. Romans 12, verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy 
and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Don't conform to the pattern of this world. Don't be like the culture. Don't be like the spirit of this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test. You'll be able to know and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. If you'll let God make you into the person he wants to make you, you'll always know God's will. But who you're becoming is way more important than what you'll ever do. So I'm going to do some great things for God, and I want to do some great things in life, but God wants to do a great thing in me. And if I will, just notice these words. I mean, we could legit hang out in Romans 12 the rest of the year. There's so much here. But just think about this. Offer your bodies. Worship. Renew your mind. Don't be conformed. Then. Then. Then you'll know. Then you'll know God's will. And not that you'll do those things and then uh, you'll know it. (laughs) But rather, you just become the man or woman God wants you to be. And then you just look at life and you go, because I know God, and because I know his character and his nature, and because he's changed me, I can now look at life and go, that's God's will. That's good, pleasing, and perfect to God. I'm going to go there. Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Time out. That does not mean love God, and he'll give you whatever you want. Right now, we're potty training Goldie. And so every, every potty on the potty comes with candy. Amen. Praise the Lord. There's no heart transformation. This is called a bribe. Amen. There's Skittles everywhere. There's candy everywhere. There's chocolate everywhere because just we need, we need her motivated. God will do that for you at first when you're a baby Christian, but he don't do that forever. He don't hand, he don't hand out Skittles forever. I'm sorry. He, eventually, you got to do this because there's a heart change. God doesn't just bribe his people forever. And so this isn't, okay, do, do this for me, and then I'll give you whatever you want. No, no, no. <laughs> Here's, here's what it is. Delight yourself in the Lord. Find delight in the Lord. Love God, and God will give you the desires of your heart. Your desire changes. If the desires of your heart are jacked up, it's because you're not delighting in the Lord. Amen. Your desires are messed up. If you're all caught up in in something and you're bound to something and that's the only thing you can think about and you're bound to and it's your only desire, you got to change what you're delighting in. You got to delight yourself in the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will put in you the desires of your heart. So I, I put it like this. God's will for your life is more a heart position than a destination. I'm in the will of God because my heart is bent towards God. Put me in Vegas, put me in Pahrump, put me in Reno, put me in San Francisco, put me in Seattle, put me wherever you want. My heart, whoa, we've lost lights. Praise the Lord. Praise God. All right. <laughs> Someone's saying amen back there and they hit the lights. You put me wherever you want. My heart, this is a heart position more than a destination. The direction is more important than the speed. Okay, let me just stop for a second. 
the direction of your life is more important than the speed of your life. Yeah. Now, now, we're in America. We love it fast. Direction's more important. I'd rather be going to the right place slowly than nowhere fast. Just point me in the right direction. It might take time. I want to get to the right place. I want to be going in the right direction. I want to be on the right journey rather than tired, burnt out, moving really quickly, going nowhere. So God's will is knowing God. Because when you know someone, you know their likes. You know their dislikes. You know their personality. So, so let, me, let me explain it like this. Here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that God loves me and he just wants me to be happy. Oh boy, you'll get in trouble quick. I just, I love the Lord and God loves me and he's going to give me the desires of my heart and I just, and God just wants me to be happy. Oh no, no, no. God wants you to be holy. <laughs> okay, so that was another, huh, that was another one of those. God wants you to be holy. That's why, real talk, that's why the divorce rate in the church is as high as it is in the world. Because well, God wants me to, I'm a king's kid. I'm royalty. God wants me to be happy. And she just don't love me like she used to love me. And I just, I just feel like I should, he's just, he's just not sweet like he used to be. I just, <laughs> so we spiritualize lust and we spiritualize loneliness and we get out of things that are challenging. I'm not saying your marriage should stay there forever, but I am saying there are times that the number one sanctifying process in your life is your spouse. Jesus said, pick up your cross, be crucified. Well, you can only crucify to one level. Eventually you're going to need help. It's your wife, bro. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not saying we need to be there forever. Amen, because that's not God's plan. But I am saying I, I'm I'm not saying that God just wants me to be happy. Here's what I'm saying: I love God, and I want God to be happy. So it's not, God loves me, he just wants me to be happy. It's, I love the Lord, and I want to please God. Ooh, that's a flip. I know I, know I, I, know I say stuff that, like, y'all walk in here, you go, oh, my God, where does he come up with this junk? I know it's, I know it's challenging. I know it is. But it's how, it's, it's how you discover God's will. See, when you know God, you know what he wants. Like an example would be for me, I know Shannon. She don't eat seafood. She just doesn't eat seafood. The Lord didn't give her that taste bud. It's not on her. It's not there. And so if we go to the restaurant, she gets up to go to the bathroom, I know what to order her. It's either going to be chicken or a steak, medium well. And then I got to apologize to the waiter because she ordered it medium well. I'm sorry. I, 
I know it should be medium rare. I apologize to the chef, please. I know it's, a, and she wants her medium well, just a little bit of pink. And she'll always order it that way. I'd like it medium well, just a little bit of pink throughout. Yeah, okay, yeah. I know what she wants. If she goes to the bathroom and comes back and there's sushi on the table, I didn't order that for her, I ordered that for me. But if we're not careful, we'll order things for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the will of God is lordship. The will of God has much more to do with who you are becoming than what you are doing. Now, I'm going to get real into this in, in, in next week's talk, but I'm just, I'm just setting a little bit of a foundation here because, because the will of God doesn't have to be this big mystery of this big weird journey. The Lord's working on me. As long as the Lord's dealing with me, I'm in his will. As long as we're talking, that's about 90% of it. Okay. Number three. Remember to do what you know to do. Just remember to do what you know to do. Okay. Ephesians 5.8. Walk as children of light. Walk in the light. Light represents knowledge, truth, revelation. Light represents what is known. Do what you know to do. Okay. Do what you know to do while waiting on the unknown. Walk in the knowledge you do have. I may not know everything, but I know a few things, and I'm going to do those while I'm waiting on the unknown. Okay. What do you do when you don't know what to do? Do what you know to do. I'm not like just trying to be like smart or like I'm not just trying to like be punny here. I'm like, what, what do I do when I don't know what to do? Do, do what you know to do. Jamie, I got this teenage kid in my house. They're a teenager. They changed. They hit puberty. They became possessed by demons. I don't know. <laughs> she was my BFF and now she's this crazy teenager in my house. So what do I, okay, do what you know to do. Keep loving her. Keep her close. Keep taking her on dates. Keep being the number one source of strength in her life. Do what you know to do. While you're waiting on what you don't know what to do, do what you know to do. Man, our marriage is in a new season. It's just kind of different now. The kids have left and it's just kind of, you know, they're off to this and this is happening now. We're kind of in a new season. We kind of don't know. Do what you know to do. You, you do know what they like. You do know what they care about. Do what you know to do. I'm in a new season where I don't know what to do in a lot of areas, so I'm going to make sure to do the things that I do know to do. Like my wife and I right now, we just did our uh, Enneagram, Enneagram. These, I hope that doesn't, some of y'all are like, oh my God, it's new age, he's demon possessed. Okay, relax. It's just this personality test because we're really trying to connect better. So we're trying to figure out, well, here's what we found out. We're both eights. Yeah, like if you know, you're like, oh God, pray for your pastor. Basically, 
So we're discovering better who we are to connect better. We're doing what we know to do. A lot of what's happening in our life, we don't know what to do. (laughs) So we're doing what we know to do. Okay, so this means this about her. And this, this is how I can express love better. And this is how I can make her feel more secure. And, this is, and these words make her feel safe. And these words she doesn't like. And, and the same with me. So we're, we're learning what we know to do in seasons where we don't know what to do. Am I helping anybody? Jamin, I feel like so much of my life right now is mystery. Then do what you know to do. Thy word, Psalm 119, thy word is a light unto my path. It is not a spotlight into my future. God's not going to give you a mile down the road. God's light does not look like the Luxor Hotel that you can see from space. God gives you a little lamp. And you're right here. And he goes, step by step, trust me. But God, I want to see more. You can't handle more. You can't handle the truth. Because what I have for you is so big, it would intimidate you. So I can't let you see all that. I'm just going to give you a little. Because what you don't realize is with every step, you're growing. With every step, you're getting stronger. And you can't handle what's a mile down the road until you get there. Walk in the light. Hey, Abraham, Genesis 12, 1. Hey, Abraham, uh, leave your family, leave your country, leave your relatives. Go to a land I'll show you. Uh, and I'm going to bless you for it, it goes on to say. Where, 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 where do you want me to? I'll show you. North, south, east, west, I'll show you. Just start moving. Hey, Abraham, do what you know to do. Walk. Hey, husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church. That's the will of God for you. Hey, wives, honor your husbands. That's the will of God for you. Raise up your children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. That's the will of God for you. Hey, children, honor your parents. That's the will of God for you. Like, let's just start there. Take a step. Details will come later. I'm looking for movement. I'm looking for obedience. So Abraham just started doing. He did what he knew to do and didn't get stuck on the things he didn't know. It it goes back to Acts 15, 28. All right, we've prayed, we fasted. Um, It seems good to us and the Holy Spirit. I love that. I love that the apostles didn't go. In the name of Jesus, thus saith the Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is the way. Walk ye in it. They didn't say that. They went. It feels pretty good. Seems good. It seems good. Because the will of God is so much more obvious than we think. Seems good. Do you like them? Yeah. They love Jesus? Yeah. Y'all's personalities work together? Yeah. Seem like you're going in the same direction? Yeah, go for it. That was a dating tip for somebody. (laughs) They love Jesus? No. Y'all fight a lot? Yeah. Can you see yourself living without them? Yeah. It's over. (laughs) It's 
pretty obvious. It's just pretty odd. Like just that third date was enough. It's over. Just seems good. Doesn't seem good. This doesn't come across obvious. So it's probably not God. I know this isn't as spiritual as you want it to be. So do what you know to do. Here's, here's something. Do what you love to do. Do what you love to do. What do you love to do? It's probably a part of God's will for your life. And then be faithful in the mundane. Okay, be faithful in the mundane. Ephesians 5.16. Make the most of every opportunity. Now we're just going to leave that up. Make the most. This word most means to redeem, to purchase, to make wise and sacred use of. Okay. It literally, the word picture would be to treat time like you treat money. God says treat every moment as sacred. Make wise decisions. Spend it wisely. Make the most of every opportunity. Okay. Now there's, there's two Greek words for time in the Bible. We'll just leave that up for a sec. There's kairos and chronos. So if you buy a watch, it's like a chronograph watch, right? It just means time, 24 hours in a day, time. Kairos is this other special Greek word that God uses and it means a divine time. Like if you grew up in Pentecost like me, you heard preachers talk about, this is a Kairos moment. Ah, y'all know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> anybody? Yeah, okay. This is a Kairos moment. Okay. It's a special moment in time where God is giving you a window of opportunity. It is a specific opportunity and a specific moment in time that God is giving you in your life. It's a kairos moment. Okay. This word opportunity is the word chiron. Okay. Or chiron, not tyrone, chiron. Chiron is what you do with a kairos moment. God says, make sacred use of your time because it might just be a Kairos moment. You might just be in a God moment and you didn't even know it. But here's the reason we miss it. Because most Kairos moments feel like mundane Mondays. I'm just doing my thing. Just showing up to work. You're just making coffees. You're just selling cards. You just, but what you don't realize is you've got to make the most of every moment because you never know when you're leaving Kronos and entering Kairos. So every moment we treat as sacred, we purchase it. We treat it like we would treat money. 
because it's this divine opportunity given by God. Yeah, but Jabin, I'm called to ministry, and right now I'm selling insurance. I don't trust me, it's a seed. Well, Jabin, I know I'm called to preach, and right now I'm selling, I'm selling furniture, I'm selling cars, or I'm 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 making coffee, or I'm trust me, it's a seed. Jabin, I know there's this gift of leadership on my life, but right now I'm just one of the workers. Trust me, it's a seed. So we honor it, we work it, we hustle, we grind, we lean in, we look for it, we do it, we do it with all of our heart as unto the Lord because it is a picture of where we're going. (laughs) Because the will of God in the future is connected to your response in the present. And a lot of you are praying about things in the future and praying for the will of God instead of doing the will of God. So don't pray for stuff you're supposed to work for. All right, God bless. We'll see you next week. (laughs) And don't work for stuff you're supposed to pray for. Just don't get those two things mixed up. Because God will go, I don't answer that. You answer that. God, give me a raise. I command money to come into my life. Ah! Be early to work. And don't hang on Facebook three hours a day at your job. And you might just get a miraculous raise. Hallelujah. Deep revelation, huh? Deep revelation. God bless me. Pay your taxes. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. I was like, just, I don't know. Do what you gotta do. do what you gotta do. Just do what you gotta do. Do what you know. Don't pray for stuff you're supposed to work for. Don't work for stuff you're supposed to pray for. Just be faithful in the everyday because you might just be in a God moment a special window of opportunity of blessing okay so I'm going to get more practical next week but I'm just trying to stir your faith the will of God is not a mystery God works with you to accomplish his will for you and his will for your life is good and if it's not good now God is not done can you say amen to God's word come on clap your hands hallelujah if you're believing for for a word from the Lord in an area of your life if you're believing for some some direction if you just you want to respond to this word you just feel like it's time to hone in again to the voice of the Holy Spirit just pray for you right now is there anyone in the room you've got big decisions to make can I see your hands big decisions I got some big decisions lift your hands father in the name of Jesus I agree I agree family decisions work decisions financial decisions health decisions doctor decisions big decisions in Jesus name let it let the right decision be good to them and to the Holy Spirit
I pray for divine agreement in families and spouses. I pray the knowing of the Holy Spirit. Can't explain it any other way. I just know that I know by the Spirit of God. Let that kind of confirmation come even in the next three days. In Jesus' name. Man, I feel, I feel God right now. He's leading you.